With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Scoundrels, Inc., another Star Wars. I am Frank Janich, and this week I do have a special guest with me. Brandon uh, got a little sick, and Kevin, you know, he's making his way back. He's doing what he's got to do. But this week, in order to fill the void, uh, I had to bring in someone so bombastic and awesome. It could be no other than Jared the Dark Jedi from the Nerd Academy podcast. Jared, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, uh, bombastic, a little too close to bombad. That's not me. Don't, I, I am not, I am not, I am not, I I do not associate. No, I'm kidding. I love the bombad voice. Uh, no, I, I love, I love coming on Scoundrels. I am so pumped. Uh, holy Christ, the soak is almost here. Yeah, this is, this is a, this is gonna be a good one, if, if I say so myself. Um, but before we get into everything that we're here to talk about today and previewing uh, the series and everything we know about it uh, up to this point, I uh, just want to remind everyone out there, if you could hit that subscribe button, we're trying to uh, accomplish a very modest goal of 500 subscribers on this channel. We made a little headway from last week after you know we put out the call to arms, if you will. And so thank you for responding in the way that you did. Also leave a like and comment on this video. Really, really helps us out. Uh, follow us all on social media, you know, the, the app formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Brandon is a huge threader, as you heard last week. And then uh, I actually have a special announcement in regards to our podcast feed, which, yes, we do have. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and pretty much wherever else uh, you get your podcast from. But in regards to the podcast feed, um, if you know my stuff from Schmodown, um, or even if you don't, but... Back in the day, I used to do a show, uh, a recap show, an after show uh, with a good friend of mine, Brad Gilmore, called The Schmodown Rundown. By the, the way, boat. The Schmodown was a movie. The Boat, you're right. Um, by the way, The Schmodown, if you don't know, was a movie, a very competitive movie trivia league. Um, and we, our show was kind of like the sports center of it all. That aside, um, you know, we did that for about five, six years, Brad and I, that after show. And uh, just a really, really talented guy. And recently, he started up his own media company. And uh, I'm very excited for him. And building out this this company, uh, his media, this media conglomerate, if you will, I don't know if he likes that word or not, but I'm going to use it. Uh, he he founded Gilmore Media LLC and asked if the Scoundrels podcast would grace his uh, 
his building podcast network, and we happily agreed, and we are part of the Gilmore Media LLC uh, podcast network, and I could not be more thrilled for Brad. I know uh, he's going to do great things, and I'm glad that we're at the forefront of his journey. So thank you to Brad for inviting us, and I uh, hope but nothing but success for for Brad in the future. I mean, the guy does so much stuff. He's on the radio. He's on TV. Um, he's a, a tremendous talent, and I can't wait to see where this journey goes for him. And I'm glad that Scoundrels Inc. can be a part of that ride and wherever it goes. So thank you once again to Absolutely. Brad Gilmore. Shout, shouts out Brad Gilmore. That's yeah. that's that's wonderful. Congratulations. Not only congratulations to the boat, but congratulations to you guys for getting yeah. to be a part of this uh, yeah. incredible venture. It just goes to show you, Everybody. Jared, it pays to know who you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That was Especially in this town. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> um. And uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned, you know, if you, hit, if you could comment on on this video, and that's because we are doing a giveaway. And what we're giving away here is an Ahsoka Black Series figure, either the Mando version or the Rebels version, whichever you prefer, if you win. But in order to enter that giveaway, you have to comment on any of our videos, uh, the past five Ahsoka series, our essential uh, Ahsoka Essentials uh, series that we've done, the playlist, you can find that in the card or in the playlist, or I'm sorry, in the description, the link to the playlist, that is. Uh, a comment is one entry, and then if you, if you reply to someone's comment, that's two entries, and if you want five entries, all you got to do is send us an email about how you found Star Wars. And in fact, we have three that I'm going to read here on the show at the end of the show and just describe uh, some of the, our listeners and viewers uh, how they found Star Wars. So I'm really looking forward to sharing those with everybody else. Um, but that's it so far. That's kind of like the preamble of the show. I don't want it to be too long. I want to get into this, the meat of the, of, the, of the episode today. But before we can do that... We have to, as always, on this, as, as we've been doing since the strike started, the SAG, SAG-AFTRA, and WGA are still on strike fighting for basically their fair share. Um, and, and we here at Scoundrels, Inc. Um, fully support what they're fighting for. I, myself, am part of a union. While not part of those unions, I, I stand in solidarity with all my union brothers and sisters out there that are fighting for just their fair share to have protection and rights in the workplace. Um, and they deserve to be compensated fairly. Uh, it doesn't matter how much or how little they make. It should be fair for what they for the work that they do. And I hope they get their deal because uh, I honestly believe that they deserve it. Especially when you know CEOs are making 300, 400 times um, yes. you know, the, the more than their lowest paid employee. It's it's insane the disparity these days. Um, Jared. I see your background. I think you're in support yeah, of the yeah. WGA and SAG after uh, strike. Uh, yeah, uh, if anybody you know uh, the listens or watches uh, the Nerd Academy podcast, you guys know my co-host Travis and I. We are very staunchly uh, pro-union. We like to joke that uh, we, we we talk about space wizards and uh, superheroes, but the goal is to act, actually like very subtly and slowly uh, turn everybody into socialists. Um, <laughs> and, and it's working. Uh, I see. I see the channels our subscribers are also subscribed to, and it's working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, all of all, all the joking aside, absolutely. You know, there's the the, the best thing you can do right now uh, is just kind of abide by the guidelines um, that these that that these uh, the, the these 
union workers are asking us to, you know, and, and pay attention to what they're saying. I think that is my biggest takeaway right now, aside from the obvious things of, you know, donating uh, to to the, uh, the, was it the entertainment equity entertainment fund. Yeah, the entertainment equity fund, you know, aside from like the like the kind of monetarily uh, more kind of like tangible things that you can do. The, the biggest thing is to just know what you're talking about. There has been, in my opinion, a very upsetting in, in, in intentional seeming lack of clarity from people who know what who know better, who are, you know, implying that a boycott is demanded or implying that, you know, any type of coverage of like review content or, you know, uh, journalism, you know, any, any type of entertainment journalism is crossing the picket line. And it's like, no, that, that is, that is not the case. They, they, they explicitly said for people to keep doing what they're doing. And I think that the, the more, uh, misinformation and deliberate misunderstanding that is kind of pushed into the ether, the more, uh, irrevocable damage is done to the image of the, of the strike. Because currently, you know, SAG is allowing like handfuls and handfuls and handfuls of productions to continue because they're, because you have smaller studios agreeing to do what these gajillionaire studios, your Disney's, your Warner brothers, your universals, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, who are all going, Oh yeah, we will agree to your terms before anybody else so that we right. can keep doing our thing. Like a 24 has a, num a number of other independent films have, um, I'm a big fan of Dropout, like the College Humor streamer, and like they got their permissions and they're you know completely um, up to code with the with the demands from the Screen Actors Guild and the WGA. So just support them in any way they can, and just you know 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 what you're talking about. Yeah, I come I come from a very union proud household. My my grandmother. Uh, was a union leader for uh, Bell Atlantic uh, back in the day and was uh, was on the front line of the picket line. And uh, I, I, I take this stuff very seriously and can't cannot put into words enough uh, just how important the people, uh, the cause and the fight that everybody is involved in. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, you can find links to other information about the strike and how you can support uh, down in the description below. Now, uh, moving on, we have to, you know, Jared, um, you, you DM'd me um, a couple days ago, I think it was, like, hey, if you're ever looking for a guest, you know. Uh, Shamelessly. Come on. Yeah. Shamelessly. Oh, ain't no shame in your game. Um, no. And, and uh, you said, you know, I need to redeem myself. Um, I, uh from the last time of the armor, you know? So and, you're, you're going to make sure I get to very publicly take this out. Um, <laughs> More you know publicly I, than I already have. Um, actually, I just I just want to remind, just a little brief reminder to the audience, if you, if you don't recall, this was done on a live stream. Um, right before, I think it was like the episode, yeah, it was right before the last episode of Mando. Yeah. Uh, it was three. in between, it was in between uh, the return of the spies. Yeah, well, um, here's here's just a little a little clip. Oh. Here's just a little clip of what we're talking about. In case in case you at home have forgotten, <laughs> all of this could be for not if the armor has been like on the up and up the entire time. Well, and, and I want to, you know, I'll which take is, will that be L. great. I took the Mephisto L with Wandavision. I'll take the armorer L too. <laughs> hey, you know what? As I could throw her. <laughs> So there it is. That's it's, that's kind of like a little gist of what uh, we're talking about there. It is 
it it is made all the funnier by the fact that I am wearing the same shirt. <laughs> I just noticed too. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, it's it's the L shirt, you know. It is. Oh no, it's no. my it's my Dan and Grogu Roosevelt. Oh, my my no. Ahsoka Roosevelt's in the mail. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have worn that one. Oh man. Um. But yeah. No. No. Listen. I I went in to no. I went into, but I was I was fully convinced. I was fully anti-armorer pilled and was <laughs> yeah. I, I i didn't trust her and i i still don't i i can't remember am i allowed to swear yeah you go ahead yeah i still don't fucking like her <laughs> um I, I don't i still don't like her i i i i think my biggest issue coming out of mando season three a season of television that i loved um i came out of it with my biggest issue being um, that the armorer never apologized and still take issue with the relationship between Din and the armorer and the fact that at no point does Din ever go, you know, you said I was wrong and called me crazy and sent me to a place where you were convinced I was going to die and almost did twice um what was that about and i i i still do not have overly fond feelings for the armorer um you know what it's like you know what it's like it's like when you have a friend that's an asshole and then someone outside your friend group goes man that guy's a real ass and go whoa 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 hey what, what, no, you don't get to say that. He's our asshole. We only only we can call him an asshole. That's what I feel like the relationship between the armor and Din and like the rest of the 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 covert is like, um, it's like hey hey hey, but yeah, but she's our, you know, our asshole. <laughs> you know? It's just like okay, cool. Like I guess I guess the whole oh if you remove your helmet you have to bathe in the living waters thing just got way easier. You have to <laughs> go down the street and down some stairs to do it and that's great now um she sent din Djarin to die and knew that this crazy son of a bitch was going <laughs> to go right and uh you know i i still take a little bit of umbrage with the whole lady bo katan walks both ways and it's like can everybody walk <laughs> right. both ways since it's... we're all hanging out now or it's like you don't have is... to approve of her methods but look it's it really she does not turn on her own people you know, so I mean, and I gotta give it up to her for that. <laughs> That's that something I was very wrong about. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Now, now we were before we got on air. Uh, we were talking a little bit about you know everything going on with Ahsoka and how pumped we are, how excited we are for this series. So, part of what we're gonna do here today is just kind of run through of the things that we do know uh, going into the series. Uh, we're also going to talk about this marketing campaign that's been going on for the past week or so. Uh, it's been extraordinary. Uh, I also have uh, some personal pictures I took down at San Diego Comic-Con uh, at the Star Wars booth and some of the props uh, that were on display there. I have some pictures I want to share with everyone um, uh, this episode. And then also, like I mentioned before at the top of the show, we have some emails from a few people that I want to read that are just really great stories about how uh, they found Star Wars, and then we'll get into a little bit of a Q and A section. We have a couple questions to get into, and that's gonna—that's what we're gonna be talking about on today's show. So let's just get into it, Jared, about what we know 
so far about this Ahsoka series. Um, you're going to have Ahsoka, you're going to have Sabine, you're going to have Hera, you're going to have uh, the the decimated Destroy of Worlds chopper back in, in live action. Um, who are you looking forward most to in live action? You know, I am excited to see... This is a very, very particular answer with this. In terms of who I'm excited to see transition, like in the big transition into live action, I'm very excited for Ahsoka. Um, I I find myself very um, intrigued by and kind of uh, enamored by like Rosario Dawson's like physicality with the role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost like this. The, the she moves like she's in a martial arts movie around a bunch of other people who are moving just like in a very normal quote unquote normal way and i'm like waiting to see how the like the way she moves is going to like ever stop being distracting to me not necessarily in a bad way okay. but like there's something about her physicality that like again feels very much like a kung fu movie while everybody else is like just in a tv show and I, that that's I think the thing I'm the most excited about. You know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a ride or die Sabine guy. Um, but I'm super pumped to see the the story we're telling with her, whether or not she can touch the Force, which is you know kind of very interesting. That you know yeah. it's not typically a trope I'm into, but I'm excited to see how this plays out. Um, hot take, I guess. I think Hera looks great. I okay. I, I know. Most of the internet thinks Mary Elizabeth Winstead looks goofy. I think that uh, we just need to recognize that after years of demanding that we see these characters in live action. <laughs> right. Here's a green lady with the tails on her fucking head. That's what it <laughs> right. looks like. You know, I don't know what to tell you. People cut off um, their nose despite their face when, it, you know. Yeah, I know. It's 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 so silly the way people get so upset about this stuff. Like, I don't... I I... I didn't mind how Ahsoka looked in Mando. I know people were were complaining about how her leku were like too yeah. small. Yeah, man, it's stunt work here. You know, same thing with Grand Inquisitor. Just stop looking for things to complain about. Um, right, right. But no, I'm super excited for them. I have no idea what to expect from Thrawn. Yeah. So like I like I. It's not even that I'm like not excited for Thrawn. I just have no idea what to expect. I have I have no idea uh, what to expect from like uh, what Lars Mikkelsen is going to bring to the role like physically. Like obviously we know that voice, you know we we know that there is yeah, yeah. They're architects of their own downfall. You know we we know the voice right, but I'm very excited to see what physicality Lars Mikkelsen brings to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um. But yeah, I just I, I I really am excited to see Rosario Dawson get more than like a couple minutes at a time to kind of settle into the role of Ahsoka Tano. I think that is my the, the thing I'm the most excited for uh, in terms of like the jump from live action to Hugh Yang as well. That is yeah. so crazy. I don't feel like we're talking enough about the fact that Hugh Yang's in the show. <laughs> and how I, I, I have a that feeling is. once the show starts airing, people are gonna. More people are gonna who are getting introduced to Hu Yang are gonna love Hu Yang. So yeah, especially with David. T- I mean, some of the marketing um, seems leads leads me to believe that he's just not there as like a you know go visit this 
you know, on your adventure yeah. and he will tell you blah, blah, blah. seems like he's along for the ride for a good chunk of it, at least. At least in these first, I'm guessing, two episodes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't... I don't think you intro you bring Hugh Yang into the fold if you're not really gonna play with him as a character. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a piece you put on the board when you have some stuff to do. And like again, I don't I don't think it's an accident that the character known for um, helping people construct lightsabers is here by accident. I do think that um, that green lightsaber is probably going to stay in Sabine's ownership. And that we're going to see uh, Ezra build a new sword or perhaps Ahsoka uh, get a new lightsaber. I mean, Hmm. we're at the point here. Every time Dave reintroduces Ahsoka, (laughs) she gets a new she gets a new weapon. This is true. Um, You know, like he like halfway through Clone Wars, she gets that like light green, yellow Shoto. And at least going chronologically, then we get Clone Wars season seven and she gets like the blue replacements. And then Rebels is the first time we see the white blades. So like we've seen her get some type of like loadout change every so often. So I don't think it's off. I don't, I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to say that perhaps she gets some new equipment in this show as well. You know what would be wild? And now that you bring up the, the season seven lightsabers, because we know Vader at least had one of them. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wild if somehow that like Ahsoka, you know, came across after the fall of the Empire, obviously, yeah. you know, somehow maybe she went to Mustafar and in, in Vader's castle was that one lightsaber that Vader gave to or Anakin gave to Ahsoka that was at the castle and Ahsoka just like picks it up or finds. I mean, I would be just to see her wield a season seven uh, Anakin gifted lightsaber in the Ahsoka show. I I don't know how that would work or why that would happen, but I that just entered my brain right now. I mean, hey, they got us to buy the fact that somehow, you know, they got the lightsaber that accompanied Luke's severed hand on <laughs> a shoot. You know, was 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 the core hero's weapon hey, hey, hey. of the sequel. That's a story trilogy. for another time, Jared. Okay, this, this, this. <laughs> sorry, Maz, I forgot. <laughs> um, but like they, you know, I I got over that lightsaber being back in play, so I'm sure they could finesse some. Uh, yeah, I guess fuckery. you're right. Yeah. So like, you know, and again, like, I'm just, I'm excited to see what Hugh Yang do, does and like someone's got to get a new lightsaber, right? Totally. It's totally. got to be, it's got to be happening. And I'm very excited. Um, there, there could even be something to do with the fact that like the, the weird orange lightsabers could be part of why Hugh Yang is involved. Oh, maybe that's how you like it. Maybe he could be the person that explains it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I do agree with your point though on Ahsoka in terms of being, having her whole really getting the chance Rosario that is getting the chance to really soak soak up this character and portray this character for more than you know 30 minutes at a time or 15 seconds 15 minutes in Book of Boba Fett um I I I agree with you I really want to see what she does with the character the more nuanced um depictions of Ahsoka portrayed by Rosario um I'm also very very curious and and very excited really to see Sabine in live action because um, they could have just kept her a Mandalorian, just a plain old Mandalorian, and it would have been kind of more of the same in regards to what we've been getting with Mando, what we get with Bo-Katan so far in live action. But Dave, you know, has an idea of Ahsoka trains Sabine at one point, and you know, once once that came out, you know, in the materials that they've been putting out. I, like the internet just was like, "What? What the hell is going on here? Is she force sensitive? Is she not? Like, how can she be wielding a lightsaber? What, what, you know, all this. What's this training mean? You know, 
Um, I'm excited to have a a clean explanation watching the show instead of being inundated with horrible takes and just automatically assuming, you know, the narrative has been destroyed or whatnot. I just can't wait for the show to explain what happened there because I think that's a fascinating turn of events, really, a development. And I mean, and even like, I don't even think I need an explanation so much as I just want context. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that is, that is the, the driving, no pun intended force of the weird discourse here is that like, we see like Sabine do one of these for the lightsaber. Like, is that like her reaching? Is that like, you know, the, like the Django like, Fett stop. style? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it stop? Like Django had like magnetic shit in his gloves yeah in legend so like is she like going like you know go 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 gadget mando magnets to like call the lightsaber back or you know is she trying to reach out with the force um i think that again these are some of those fun things to explore uh, off the bat that we have no again no context for but like if sabine isn't force sensitive that means shin hati has this like mentality going into fighting Sabine where she's like, I just want to scrap with you. Like <laughs> I'm not going to use force powers. I just want to have a sword fight. Well, can I also, which immediately like, like that is an immediately cool thing to have in a character. Who's like, I just want to fight. Can I present this to you though? Um, so we assume that Shin Hadi is force sensitive, right? She looks to be force sensitive. Yeah. But as we all know, there are levels of, of how sensitive you are to the force. Oh yeah. She could Shin Hati could very well not be that attuned to the force despite her she training. She could very well be a novice, yeah. You know, she could be like she has just enough to where she can pick up a lightsaber but not enough to where she could pick up a ship, you know? Um it it could be I don't know. I think that's getting a little too in the weeds for a Yeah, it's but, a speculative and a little woo woo so yeah, far. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean like that's certainly a thing and there's nothing to nothing to suggest that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Sabine couldn't, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my head. Couldn't roll a pencil, like, on a desk a la uh, John Travolta and Phenomenon, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> but you didn't eat. Man, think no. you were going to hear that reference. No, I didn't. 
No, I didn't. I thought the only Star Wars John Travolta reference you could make is the fact that Obi-Wan does a face-off in the Clone Wars. <laughs> That's true. Which is... That's, oh, man. Well, they, I am going phenomenal. through... I, 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 <laughs> I made the joke earlier. Shouts out to Jerry the Cannon Junkie from the Bombad cast. He has this great compendium of, like, the greatest hits for the Clone Wars. Damn. And, I'm using, I'm, and I'm using that to take my girlfriend through watching TCW. Excellent. And we're about, I say we're about like a third of the way through the show. And like every so often when we're watching, I'm like, how far away am I from the box arc? How far away am I from Obi-Wan oh going under deep cover? Because it's just an insane arc. I it think, is insane. I think the like Obi-Wan undercover, the box arc is like, is it, it might be like one of the best encapsulations of the Clone Wars because it is batshit insane in its premise. <laughs> yeah remarkably well written creates adds a layer of depth to all of the characters involved that retroactively enhances your viewing experience when you go back and watch the movies themselves as incredible action and despite the fact that we know how the story ends for every single one of these characters you are still on the edge of your goddamn seat uh despite all odds and obi-wan doing a face-off it's remarkable. <laughs> it, it is. I need to revisit. I haven't watched that one in quite some time, but it is very wild um, and really, really good. Um, it okay. also carries one of my, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going Go off ahead. on a mild tangent. It also carries one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars. And it is, and it's very subtle, um, but it, it shows the way that Anakin slowly usurps Dooku. Wow. And it show it shows the fact that like, that like Palpatine, is gauging Anakin throughout the war, whether or not he's ready to take out Dooku. Yeah. Like there is a moment where Palpatine's like, Oh, he's beating your ass during that fight on Naboo, which I, I just, I just love. I love the fact that Palpatine's like, Oh, he's, he's almost there, bud. you gotta fucking do something about this. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, as you were saying, yeah. Um, I want to get into this notion, um, you know, or not notion, but this idea of like we're gonna see Jason Sandula in this show. Um, we know this from a little short clip from like uh, the trailer and from Lego leaks of all. Pla- I mean, Lego leaks, man. That's is that not a publication out there somewhere? It's got to be. Um, but um, it's gonna be really, really interesting to see what kind of uh role this kid plays if any maybe it just might be a you know a one-off thing and then it's off to you know who yang babysitting you know <laughs> jason Sindula. because hey you talk about who could get a lightsaber who yang jason. could get yeah, jason, jason a lightsaber you know jason could have his gathering i think that jason Sindula is a prime example of seeing just how out of its mind the star wars fandom is that if he is not this weird like leprechaun looking motherfucker (laughs) uh the amount of people who are going to pretend to be angry about it yeah yeah like that that's gonna be the moment where it's like you don't actually have any opinions you just want to be mad you like that he doesn't have like the dark green hair and little green around his ears like again if he if they decide to commit to doing that in live action It'd be, it'd be yeah, nothing but respect. It'd but be, it would be pretty funny if, like, you see him, but he has just like his hair. The tips of his hair is just green because, like, it's growing out, and like that's a way to explain away 
like the green, you know, to, to appease the purists and the animation purists out there. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to harp on, you know, the fans who simply adore Star Wars animation because I do as well, but I'm not so like strict and, you know, hard. There are people who get very upset over minutia when trying to bring characters who are in very stylized animation to life. And I, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, gotta let go. You gotta let go. They're holding on. Um, as Kylo Ren would say, you know, going over to uh, some of the the villains that we're going to see in Ahsoka, oh. Balin Skull, played by the the great late Ray Stevenson. You have Shin Hati, you have Morgan Elsbeth and Thrawn, um, and uh, Merrick Morak. How does he say his name, Merrick? I've Morak. been going back between uh, Merrick and Merrick. Yeah. Um. But oh man, I'm so excited for Balin Skull. I the, the he Balin is one of those characters that I like. I saw that trailer. I had I had the pleasure of seeing that trailer uh, at Star Wars Celebration Baton Rouge. Oh, um, okay. Uh, oh, for the me, you were on there for a wedding? Is that what it was? Yeah, Scotty yes. J Rose wedding. That's um, right. It was me, uh, obviously Jerry, his co-host, uh, Trey Mitchell, and Bill Sheehy from Skywalking Through the League. Uh, Michael McCoy of All Remaining Systems, my DM for Ionized Bastards. Um, it, uh, we were all there, and it was incredible getting to watch a trailer with them. But the moment I saw this like bearded, mysterious, lightsaber-wielding guy with a cape, I was like, oh, check, 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 <laughs> and check! Uh <laughs> It is a running joke on the Nerd Academy that I have a type when it comes to my favorite characters and something. <laughs> and it was like lightsaber, bad guy, cape. Hello, welcome to my top five. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly <laughs> excited for Balin. I'm very curious about like what about what he's all about, you know, because like so far he just feels like this force of nature who's almost like uh, I even know the words for it. He, he seems almost like above it all in a way that like Mm. he he is this very like war is coming very matter of fact anakin skywalker spoke highly of you like there is there is a matter of factness and this 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 vibe that he's above it all that i'm incredibly fascinated by i love the idea i've seen a lot of people positing this uh namely uh alex over at star wars explained brought up the idea that like Balin might be an attempt to, to not only depict the concept of the gray Jedi, something I have nothing but disdain for, mm-hmm. um, but like by doing so unpack why the gray Jedi as a concept is so out of sync with what star Wars is about. And that this whole idea that you can walk both the path of the light and the dark simultaneously, how that is not, now that is antithetical mm-hmm. to the point of Star Wars that the darkness will corrupt you and that walking the path of the light is one that you need to actively choose to do. You can't just be a good guy who also uses force lightning. Um, that I, I, I really like that interpretation. I, I hope it's the direction they go because I, I do trust Dave Filoni to kind of unpack that. Yeah. And, um, but then again, obviously, if they don't go that direction, I, I have nothing but trust in uh, everybody working on this show. But no, I am 
super fascinated by uh, Balin and Shin as well. You know, like the fact that Shin is like wearing a Padawan braid, mm-hmm. I think is also something that is that again makes the relationship here very fascinating. Um, so Balin and Shin, I think are going to be, I, I think they're going to be instant fan favorites and totally. um, it is, it is an absolute tragedy uh, that Mr. Ray Stevenson will not be here to uh, see the way that fans glom onto his character in the way that I think is inevitable yeah. at this point. I, I fully agree about Balin school oh, or Ray Stevenson, uh, his portrayal uh, of the character. I think it's going to be phenomenal because he just, just when the show is so much work. gravitas, there's so yeah. much gravitas and it's, it's just, it's been like, I think I can count on one hand, the amount of lines we've seen Ray get to deliver as Balin skull. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you factor in like the physicality and like that scene yeah. where he's like, you know, like just, just cleaning up house with these new Republic, uh, soldiers. And then like these little glimpses we're getting into his duel with Ahsoka. Um, there's like, he's already just has so much gravitas and that's just, and that's the villain who's probably playing second fiddle to fucking Thrawn. So (laughs) like, just, just let that sink in how much, like how much delicious evil we're going to get to take in this season. You know, when, when I'm looking at the character of Balin Skull, I kind of wonder where on the spectrum of between like, Qui-Gon Jinn and Count Dooku, like, where does he lie mm. in between? Which, where does he gravitate? Which side of the spectrum does he... Is he, like, smack dab in the middle? Like, one of these guys, you know, in terms of demythif- you know, uh, demystifying the, the Grey Jedi type of talk? and Or, you know, because he talks about in, in the trailer, if you find Thrawn, you know, what can it bring? And he's talking about unimaginable power. Is he really you know, thirsting after power, or is he really just this hired mercenary at this point where, you know, he's up for the highest bidder type of thing? Um, I don't know. He's, it seems like a very interesting character. Um, one thing I'm going to, I want to note about between Balin Skull and Ahsoka is at this far in post Return of the Jedi timeline, you know, um, these are the only two I guess you could say former Jedi um, that have that that are still surviving from the fall of the Jedi Order back when it was at its height. Because um, you can't like they have that training. They have they they come from that part of the Order. Yeah, they're um, veterans. They're veterans. They've they've had high pristine training from some of the greatest Jedi of all time. Uh, you can't really say that about Luke, as great as he is. His, he just has a different type of training. The guy's reading books and getting yeah. pep talks from Force Ghosts. You know, it's not the same as, you know, um, going through the actual stages of a Jedi Academy or a Jedi Order back on Coruscant. Yeah, like not that. only do they have, like, the official, like, institutional capital J Jedi training. Yeah. They also have... Uh, martial training that is going to be just so beyond the pale compared to someone like Luke, who's uh, largely self-taught, who's using these training remotes, who's like, you know, personally like adapting his father's fighting style uh, based on the times he's fought him. Uh, Sparring with his sister, who's, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, again, they're coming from the same school of, of Jedi, of lightsaber training, you know, you know, and I, and I do think like, I think Luke, 
and this is mostly headcanon stuff. And you know, uh, on our the Knights of, or the Nerd Academy podcast Patreon, we have a Star Wars versus series. Uh, a lot of this is kind of conjecture and headcanon type stuff. But like, I do think that by the time Sidious died the first time, <laughs> um, Luke was able to get his hands on some more like advanced like Jedi academia. And yeah, I yeah. think that's part of why he's such a force of nature in Mando season two is that like, it's not just training remotes. It's not just like semi emulating Vader in terms of how he fights. I, I do think he eventually like got his hands on things that like taught him how to be like an actual swordsman. And that is why we see him just, like I said, just, just, just cleaning house with the dark troopers. And not to mention, um, uh, Merrick too, as well. He's a fallen Jedi as well. Yeah, he's an Inquisitor. So you know? he's so. so he's fully trained in the ways of the Jedi as well, just as Balin and Ahsoka are. And I only bring this up too because uh, in some of the marketing, Dave Filoni talks about the lightsaber choreography in fights, and they got to be up to snuff because the fans know better, you know, blah blah blah. And so what I'm saying here is, I'm actually really really excited, yeah, to see what these fights look like because we're talking about we haven't had quote-unquote a prequel lightsaber fight since the prequels obviously anakin and obi-wan balin and ahsoka are like from that era that you're gonna get yeah of that style of if you will i mean it's gonna be its own thing for the show dave has his own you know ideas of how it should probably look but it's like you're you're it's like you're transposing those characters and then throwing them you know 50 years into the future whatever it is you know um so i just i for me as a fan you know i find that fascinating and i kind of latch onto that so i'm really excited oh absolutely how that looks i think i i somebody who you know i i love the i love lightsaber combat i love you know like talking about like the seven forms and stuff like that um five dollar tier on our patreon um hear about so much of me and spencer talking about it um i am really excited to see kind of like you know because the the beauty of star wars and 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 the beauty the the art of the lightsaber duel is that it's never just a fight it is always emblematic of something with the character's journey. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that the two things we've seen teed up for this show is Ahsoka facing one of Vader's other students in an inquisitor. Sure. Yeah. An embodiment of uh, Vader's legacy. And then a, a wayward Jedi who holds Anakin Skywalker in high esteem. Like, we were seeing Ahsoka fight like like physical embodiments of what is likely to be her like biggest hurdles in moving forward. You know, like it's, remnants it's that, of Anakin, you know, Vader. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's shockwaves of Anakin, absolutely. And you know, go back to that line that has been in almost every piece of marketing from Hugh Yang. It's, I think it's time to begin again. Hmm. Ahsoka's path to beginning again is hinged on her ability to square her relationship with Anakin Skywalker. We see in Mando season two, she's haunted. She is shaken to her core. Just thinking about talking about Anakin, what happened with him, you know, um, 
we in regards see... to not training Grogu, right? That's what you're yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see how wistful she is talking to Luke, and how like she's seeing the best of Anakin in him, but knows knows everything. And you know, one of one of the things that we do know about the show, you know, regardless of that amazing TV spot that had Hayden reading Matt Lantern's line, oh. Matt Lantern's lines, <laughs> like there was a report from like Variety from two years ago that was like Hayden Christensen's going to be in this show, right? And Hayden Christensen, who needs some media training, wonderful human being. Um, when people are like, Hey, are you in Ahsoka? And his answer is, I can't talk about that yet. Um, <laughs> Can I God just say, damn. real quick on Hayden, uh, there was for, uh, I don't know, like a week and a half. I don't know if you're part of the, on Facebook, the Star Wars Celebration, uh, Facebook group, but for like not. a week and a half, um, because you know, Hayden does all these, these conventions and stuff and all these photo ops and whatnot. Yeah, Everyone, I got to I got to do one with him this year. I got, oh, got to phenomenal. meet him at Fan Expo Philly. Well, for like a week and a half straight in this group, everyone was just posting their picture and and typing out these wonderful stories and their their interactions with Hayden as just like the best human being of all time that ever lived. I mean, it's it's it was really nice to see and read all those stories about their interactions with Hayden, uh, and I'm so glad that. He's had the opportunity with Obi-Wan and probably, you know, safe to assume and speculate this opportunity again with within the Ahsoka series. I mean, I would be pretty shocked at this point if he doesn't show up as Anakin or Vader even. Like, he's going to have some part to play, and I think they're teeing that up with a little bit, you know, in terms of the marketing. You know, again, like you're talking about, um, re- reading Matt Lantern's lines, you know, um, that to me is just like, why would you have Hayden record that those lines just for marketing? Like, come on, man! You're like, <laughs> there's more to this. So, I, as inclined as I am to agree with you on that, this is also the same studio that blared Duel of the Fates at deafening volumes for the Rise of Skywalker for that to not be in that. Or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or yeah, um, Obi-Wan as well. Obi-Wan, I'm more disappointed in the Obi-Wan than I am Rise. But, but yes. My hot take, Anyways. my hot take. Yeah. If Duel of the Fates wasn't Obi-Wan Kenobi, it would have needed to have, it would have needed to be a new arrangement. Sure. That or, that or Battle of the Heroes, I, think it, I don't think it could just Battle like, of the Heroes would have been more fitting, yeah. Yeah, either of them, I think it needs to be a new arrangement. I think the way that Battle and Duel blended together in the trailers if you take that make it a little bit more legato and like like stretch it out have it be you know a little bit more desperate feeling than mm-hmm. like epic and oh yeah, th- that's yeah, the yeah. way to do it but that's neither here nor there <laughs> um but i think that i i do think that the the visual metaphor of the, these things that ahsoka needs to overcome is going to be very pertinent and again like I, everything you just said about hayden you know, I, I will be stunned if he does not have a role to play in this show. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that Dave Filoni understands Star Wars and the way that he talks about it, I think he I would be stunned if he leaves the opportunity to for the first time in live action show Unparalleled Anakin Skywalker. Screenplay. 
just straight up just have Anakin yeah. Skywalker talk about Darth Vader. And not just that, have Anakin Oof. Skywalker apologize. Like, oh, I mean, I like I did not get an early copy of From a Certain Point of View, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dear friend Alden Diaz texted me, however, because he got one for Octo Radio and was just and, 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 and was basically just warning me for the Anakin force ghost story oh god oh god uh was it that, from the, like is it from the point of view of the burning pile <laughs> uh, no it's it's An- it's anakin becoming one with the force written by mike chen oh, who wrote geez. star wars brotherhood oh okay who, yeah 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 and mike chen who already really knows how to write anakin skywalker um he will be getting my therapy bill but <laughs> all of that to say um i do think that like it is kind of like the obvious play here to have Anakin, you know, appear to Ahsoka as a force ghost. I would even go so far as to say that Anakin should appear to her as a force ghost and this not be the first time it's happened, but she is continuing to be like, I do not want to talk to you. Yeah. You know, and showing Ahsoka like, like showing Ahsoka be willing to open up and, you know, show in some way that like we can all do better and get better. You know, clearly Ahsoka is carrying the weight of having failed Sabine as a mentor. And I think part of her forgiving herself for letting Sabine down will probably be rooted in forgiving Anakin. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I wonder if they might try and do like a reverse Obi-Wan Qui-Gon type of thing where remember like Obi-Wan's trying to, you know, talk to Qui-Gon and you know um and then at the very end of the series he finally sees him i wonder if it'll be kind of like un- what you're saying like anakin trying to get through to Ahsoka, but she keeps shutting him down shutting it out won't let him you know in back in and it isn't yeah. until the end where he finally you know he's just a voice all this time that's trying to you know say his whatever he has to say but then at the end of the series uh, this season, you know, he finally shows up in full force ghost form, if you will, and and, and has a yeah. conversation with Ahsoka in the in the translucent blue. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, um, yeah. I mean, also, I think you know, Dave Filoni is is as much of a fan as he is a creator of Star Wars, and I think he also knows what the fans want because he is a fan. Like, and I don't say that as like you know he's one of us, blah blah blah. But I mean, like. He's as close as you get to like one of us making Star Wars, I feel like. And- Dave Filoni is a Star Wars fan who got it, mm-hmm. who was then taken under George Lucas's wing to learn the things that you could only learn by being George's pupil. And I I know people have decided that they don't like Dave Filoni anymore for whatever reason. <laughs> and I, think I it's, it's an it's an odd year. It's a twenty. Wait till twenty twenty four. Only in even years are we. On the, yes, of course. Evens and odds. It's what. It um, <laughs> I as much as I do love Dave Filoni, I think that he truly is uh, Lucas's apprentice for better and worse. Like I sure. think that I I like like I think Dave understands the 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 great myth of the Skywalker saga better than anybody probably and i i trust him in that way but it's whenever dave is like also playing with other people's toys Mm -hmm. that i think is when his like 
the 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 darker side of George starts to peek out. Sure. Um, you know, we're like again, like George Lucas is very like, oh, um, I'll 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 call the planet Coruscant, but guess what? You have no idea what the fucking Clone Wars are, buddy. Um, we're like. <laughs> George with the Clone Wars all the time. George was like, oh, this looks cool. I'm not going to acknowledge any of the story that goes with this visual. But I'm going to give Darth Maul the General Grievous legs and the gigantic horns um, and not acknowledge anything else other than that, other than that he's alive with these goofy legs and horns. You know, I think Dave does that a good bit. I think Dave very often will be like, yeah, well, it's my show. So, uh. This planet, uh, the planet of Collar looks completely different and it's daytime and it's snowing and Depa Balaba has a blue lightsaber. Why? <laughs> Fuck you. That's why. Um, <laughs> that You know, I, I do think Dave kind of gets a little greedy when other people are playing with his toys. But, you know, in a moment like this where like he has his baby in yeah. Ahsoka mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's I, I have nothing but faith and excitement for the narrative he's about to weave with these characters. Totally, totally. I'm really looking forward to what he's going to do. And it kind of brings me to some of the, the questions that I, I hope get answered in some way in the show. And that's really kind of regarding the epilogue of Rebels and, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What happened with Ezra? What happened with Thrawn? Um, for that matter, what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine? You know, why, yeah. you know, why did that training you know, end? What happened there? Um, what's going on with the New Republic? You know, we see Mon Mothma a little bit. And Hera, you know, I'm kind of I'm wondering what's the status of the New Republic government at this point, and what kind of control Mon Mothma might or might not have. Uh, I don't think we'll get too much into that, but I'm curious to see um, because what what's really really interesting when you watch you know the trailer is that Thrawn is back. He's walking about. You saw him. If he's okay, he is up in this shit. Yeah, if he's okay. Then where is Ezra? What happened to Ezra? Now I've I've held the belief that we're not going to see Ezra until the Filoni movie. I think he will not be rescued until wow, the, until the Filoni. Bananas. Yeah, I don't think you're going to. I think part like there at the end of season one of Ahsoka, they're going to know where where Ezra is at, but they're not. You're not going to see him rescued this season. You'll see that rescue in the in the Filoni movie. I would and I would go so far to be bold and say that's like the opening 
salvo of the movie is the rescue of Ezra, Ezra Bridger as kind of like an introduction to like a mass, mass theatrical audience. You know, that's kind of, I don't know why, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, I'm probably wrong, but whatever. Um, I, 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 you get massive points for a buck wild prediction. <laughs> I've, and I've thought this for a long time. I'm like, maybe we just see that hologram form. Maybe we just see these hologram messages and, and maybe we do see him stuck somewhere, but I don't think he's going to be rescued in at the you know, during the course of this season because it doesn't seem like that's what the show is necessarily about. It seems more about stopping Thrawn, finding Thrawn, and stopping Thrawn. But like you know, if you find Thrawn, then maybe you probably find Ezra. That's probably their line of thinking. Um, but I just feel like the show's more gonna be more focused on stopping Thrawn than it is finding Ezra. While that will still be a plot line, especially for Sabine, you know, to find Ezra. So, but I still think because it's Ahsoka's show, and she's focused on Thrawn, you know, she didn't go to Morgan Elizabeth in Mando and go, "Where's Ezra?" She said, "Where's Where's Thrawn?" You know. So, yeah, I don't know. I could. I mean. We could come back and I could take this out <laughs> in, you know, in a few months, you know. Oh, so. I'd love that. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd enjoy that quite a bit. But what if I'm right? Oh, my God. If you're right, if you're right, <laughs> holy shit balls. Yeah, my I, final prediction is that Ezra, we might see him, but he will not be actually rescued by Ahsoka and Sabine. That's my prediction. It'll happen in the movie. Okay. Okay. I respect that. It's bold, but you know, sometimes you gotta take those swings. I mean, hey man, I put I I put all my eggs on the smart money last time, and we see where <laughs> that got me. Um, are there any any lingering questions you hope the the series answers, or are you curious about, <gasps> or you know anything I, that comes to mind? You know, I don't. This fandom doesn't deserve the world between worlds. Mm. <laughs> Oh it is such a fun, fascinating concept for there to be a like pocket dimension of the force where all of time is happening concurrently that allows you to peer into what could be, but not truly interact with it. Mm-hmm. And so many fans refuse for it to be heady. They refuse for it to be weird and abstract and they need it to be it's time travel. Um, the multiverse of it all. You know. Yeah. So while I don't trust anybody to talk about the world between worlds, I sure do fucking want to see it in live action. Yeah. And I want to experience more of what the hell it could be and like what it is. Like I want, I do want Dave to like tip his hand a little bit more into explaining this like crazy force phenomena. Um, I'm just really excited for this show, man. Like, I just, I don't know what to make of it, and I am so excited by that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's premiering in a week, less than a week now at this point, at the time of this recording. Yeah, I mean, today would have been go time, you know? Um, But let's, I want to, before we wrap up this part of the discussion and get some of the marketing material, because I do want to point out something that I really loved about one of the spots. But uh, in terms of the directors for this series, we have Dave Filoni ep- directing episode one and episode five. 
Uh, I saw some someone have a theory out there that episode five of the series is where you might see Anakin finally. Um, you're not going to see him in episode one. Like you're not going to blow your load there. But in episode five, with Dave Filoni directing that episode, that might be you know the most um, jam-packed. I guess I yeah. guess fan-serviced episode. I think it's going to be the episode where we see like where 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 shit gets alive. Yeah. Like it's going to be like, hey, here's some cool shit. Here's some weird shit. Here, <laughs> you want question? You you want answers? Here's questions. Like that's gonna, right. like I think yeah. that's going to be where Dave is just doing Dave shit. Yeah. And then uh some of the other directors we have Steph Green directing episodes 2 and 3 previously did uh Book of Boba Fett. Uh the second episode I believe of Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Peter Ramsey, he did my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of Mando season three, The Pirate. Uh, Absolutely. Gorian Shard is one of my, it's like, like legit Glove Shido. Uh, uh, like, love Gorian Shard. King Let me of the Glove Shido. Oh, it's phenomenal. And then we have Jennifer Getzinger, Gita Patel, and then Rick Famuyiwa helming another season finale like he did for Mando. So, um, Great director, Steph, Steph Green, you know, as Peter Ramsey, you know, coming back, directing uh, from their initial stints. These are hitters. These yeah. are hitters. I'm interested to see what Guy Patel and Jennifer Getzinger do. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to their points of view and how they. No Bryce Dallas Howard. No, no Bryce. Not, maybe it's season two, Ahsoka. Maybe season two. I hope. I love a, I love a Bryce Dallas Howard Star Wars. And by the way, I say that as if it's confirmed season two. It's not, but I think I think it's supposed it's, to be. I was I think it's gonna happen. I was talking to some people. I think it was said before that it's supposed to be like a two season thing, like Andor. That would be great. Um, yeah, I'm here but for I think because I think I think Rosario was like in some interview like petitioning for a season two, but like, but like saying it in a way where it's like, yeah, there'd be a season two, right? Like doesn't mean you know kind of one of those deals. So, anyways, yeah. Um, moving on to some of the the marketing that's been been pumped out. I mean, this is a marketing campaign I haven't seen in a long time, and it's mostly just TV spots, little featurettes. You know, there was that seven minute one, a new Star Wars Legacy featurette um, that was really great. Talked about Ahsoka, the journey of the character, Dave's journey, um, what it means, you know, going forward. Um, it really is disappointing that the studios have dragged their feet and created such a clusterfuck uh, um, yeah. that while we're getting all these amazing spots, um, what we're not getting is getting to hear Dave and Rosario and uh, Lars Mikkelsen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, talk about this yeah um that, like like again it's one of those it's one of the things we've these are all lost. pre-recorded stuff we're talking about like doing the actual junkins and whatnot and, yeah right? like it, yeah it, it's i think it's i think it's a shame that we never actually got to hear from them uh closer to the release of season one i'm sure we'll hear lots from them once you know the 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 studios uh get their Act heads together. out of their asses yeah. but yeah. Um, until then, you know, these have, these have been some lovely spots, you know, I think that um, even though the Master and Apprentice one, I kind of like, I love what it's going for. You and I talked about this like yeah. briefly before we started and uh, uh, some friends were making fun of me for it. It 
it it sucks me out of it at first because Yoda is talking about the Sith. Right. <laughs> it, the episode one line where he's talking to Maze. Yeah, right? where they're yeah. where they're standing in front of Qui Gon's <laughs> funeral Burning pyre. Corpse, yeah. It is Qui Gon is on the funeral pyre, and they are talking about the guy who fucking put him there. Yeah. And whether or not he's the guy running the show or if he's the pawn. <laughs> right, right. You know? Uh, but, like, as this, as the, the spot goes on, you know, when you get into this, this mythical lineage of Master to Apprentice, of Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Anakin to, Lu- to Ahsoka, oh, and man. how that branches off into Luke and Ben Solo, etc. Whatever. And Ray. The, then Ray, that they're so that that this this lineage of the Jedi is so fraught, but also is filled with some of the greatest the Order has ever seen, and it is it is very beautiful, and it harkens back to my favorite George Lucas maxim: Star Wars is like poetry; it rhymes, and even though the that that spot has to win me back. After losing me with the <laughs> sure, yeah, quote yeah. about the Sith, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I do think it is very beautiful, and I think that like this tone of mentors and students, and what it means to teach the next generation, and what it means to uh, accept the failings of those who you counted on as a youth, um, I'm very excited for that, and I, I'm, I'm blown away by uh, the framing. Uh, before I get into what I really want to say about this Master and Apprentice spot, I just want to poke a little fun at, like, the person cutting this together going, you know, this is, like, this is about the Sith. Are we sure we want to do that? And, like, I get it, the Master and Apprentice thing, the vibe we're going for, but, like, like fans out there are going to know. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a, a reference to the Sith, but, like, and they're like, like we got nothing else. We just use it. Just use it. It'll you know it's only there for a couple a couple seconds. Um, I I wonder what like the consternation was behind using that line um, for the spot. But I digress because it is a little. It did throw me off. I'm not gonna lie. Like just like you, it, did, it does throw me off for a second. I'm like, what? Where, where are we going with this? <laughs> like, anyways. Um, but what I want to point out is the lines that they used. In this spot, um, you know, be mindful of the living forest from Qui-Gon Jinn. You will be tempted by the dark side of the forest from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sometimes we have to do what's right. Um, that was said by Ahsoka Tano. Um, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Never be afraid of who you are from, from Princess Leia. Pass on what you have learned, and we are what they grow beyond that never be afraid of who you are wait hold on never be afraid of who you are doesn't fucking evil shark tooth ray say that to herself too what no i don't think so no i'm like 90 percent short the dark ray yeah dark ray yeah right right before right before she has her shark teeth (laughs) right i was like afraid of who you are I don't. I don't know. It's been a second since I've seen that, um, but I really love that these lines that they've they've plucked to put into the spot because um, while they're all very Star Warsy, they're all like life lessons. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? yeah. You know, and it's just like 
that's what I really love about Star Wars is that it portrays these themes and these messages throughout, you know, the movies, the TV shows, the books, and what have you, um, you know, confronting fear. Like, you got to, you know, sometimes you have to do that in life. You have to confront things that that you're fearful of and to, and to overcome obstacles in your life. Never be afraid of who you are. I could not be more poignant today, um, you know, in terms of sexual orientation and being discriminated. And it's, you know, confronting the fear of, not being accepted of being who you are. Don't be afraid to be who you are. You know, um, pass on what you have learned. You know, help others around you. Be a be a mentor. Like, don't leave people behind and like just or fend for yourself. You know, think about. I see that as think about others. You know, we are what they grow beyond. Um, that is the true burden. You know, that's like I'm not a parent, but that's like a, that speaks to like the parent. You know, in terms of raising your children and. And doing right by them so that they can go on to be, you know, better off than, than you were. Was, so I love that all these lines, while very Star Wars-y, I could not help um, but trace them back to life lessons and life lessons and how they can inform you as a person and how much Star Wars can inform you as a person, as geeky or whatever you want to call it as it is. Um, you know, it's more than just, you know lightsabers clashing together and pew 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 there's like there's legitimate real things to take away from here and i think that goes to the core of what george lucas initially wanted to do by creating star wars by creating this modern mythology um and so that's why this spot when i when i watched it it just immediately immediately hit me like a ton of bricks and i was just like this might be one of the best things it's only like 30 seconds long, but it might be one of the best things Star Wars has ever put out, like in my estimation. It feels so very much like the wisdom you are meant to, to gleam. And it is the, it is the lessons that you can take away from Star Wars, no matter how old you are. Yeah. The, the featurette though, um, reminds me of DVD features that we used to get, you know, um, like that whole seven minute thing. I'm like, that was great. Why can't we have, it seems like, we're just going to post these on our YouTube channel instead of putting them on DVDs um, or Blu-rays. Because, oh, by the way, <laughs> we're not even going to make Blu-rays anymore. So all this stuff has to live, you know, on a cloud server somewhere now. Um, which is kind of like a bummer, but, like, I'm just, I'm glad they produced this type of featurette. Um, because I'm happy to have it. I wish it could be where it, should, where it belongs, which is, like, on the second disc of a DVD it, box. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's it's... You know, it just kind of reminded me of what of of the prequel DVDs. Like those were phenomenal pieces Dude. of physical media. Like, oh, like that's like prime, prime DVD features. Um, we were talking about this in uh, in our Discord. I'm like, these are some of the best, the menu screens, the fe- the behind the scenes documentaries, the featurettes, like all of that stuff. Um, and it, it launched a generation of people. Interest, to be interested in filmmaking, and I don't know that there's media out there, special features behind the scenes wise. I think it's so few and far between that I just don't know that it's you know part of what gets someone interested in filmmaking or just film criticism. Even we need more things like the beginning. Oh my gosh, I made. I watch that like three times a year at least. 
Well, I, I was watching it uh, on a late night Discord call not too long ago with Scotty, J. Rowe, Alden Diaz, and Michael McCoy, and we all decided that if we were to ever get matching tattoos, that would be Rick McCallum saying it's not unfuckably. It's not. Yes. It's not unfuckably doable. <laughs> and just kind of going, what does that mean? Because oh there's, God. it's like. It's a it's a it's a double negative and a triple positive, <laughs> and you don't know what that means. Rick McCallum in that documentary is a real one. He is a real I one in that Rick documentary. McCallum. It's so him. good. Yeah, it's there's great. a reason why that's like ninety percent of Scotty's brand is just Rick McCallum. Because <laughs> because I think because he started with the special editions and then yeah. he moved on to the prequels. I mean, like that dude. Yeah, man. I wonder what he's doing these days, but. Um, uh, yeah, so that's just – I've been really just impressed with hap- and happy with the marketing for Ahsoka. Um, I've really loved that stuff. Um, okay, so last week on the show I teased that I would have some some visual aids about uh, my adventures down at San Diego Comic-Con. And I stopped by the Star Wars booth and had a bunch of um, Ahsoka props and whatnot. So I'm just going to flash up on the screen here. Um, some of the things that, that were there, obviously I'm going to show – uh, this picture real quick. Uh, here's me and my other friend Kareem at the Rebels mural. They had the actual thing there. That's uh, wild. It's so it was so cool to see up there. I do have one of me and and, and Kev. Uh, I couldn't find it before I hopped on here, but I'll I'll post it somewhere eventually. And then um, got a picture here of uh, Merrick's Merrick or Marek, uh, his lightsaber. Uh, very cool on display. And then right here. Balin Skull's lightsaber. This thing. God, uh, I need one. I need it so bad. I want it so bad, dude. It looks very, very cool. Um, this thing, I like, kind of has a little, it's not a cross guard at the top there, but it's just like a little. It's like a hand guard, yeah. Yeah, a little. It looks a little bit like that, you know? Um, and then right here we have Shin Hadi's uh, lightsaber help. This one looks really just kind of like clean and. and, and uh, uh, classy, if you will, even though she's a dark sider, I guess you know. Yeah, there, they very, it very much looks like the pre prequel Legends era type lightsabers. Hmm. You know, like it looks like something you'd see in like the old Tales of the Jedi or the old Republic stuff. Right, right. Um, and then this lightsaber, I love this one. This is Sabine's lightsaber hilt. Um, this the modified Ezra Bridger saber, the modified one. I mean, it has a little bit of like. Uh, uh, Anakin slash Luke slash Obi Wan slash Cal Kestis slash Gerald DePaul. Like a lot going on, I can see in this lightsaber help, which is really really fascinating. Um, by the way, there's actual I have actual video on our socials of Sabine's lightsaber help and Balin Skull's lightsaber help. You can find those on all of our socials if you want to see kind of like a more detailed look uh, of those sabers on our social medias. Uh, here's some concept art that they were showing up. It looks like the temple at the beginning, or we've seen in that, that trailer for Ahsoka. Really cool, um, really great art. I would love to have this art uh, in my house, actually. And then more um, concept art. This looks like that forest that uh, I think Shin Hadi and Sabine have a fight in, and Ahsoka yeah. and Merrick have a fight in. So Where there's um, that weird like star map thing you see Morgan Elsbeth yeah, playing with. yeah. Uh, and then this one right here, this is uh, looks like Morgan Elizabeth or Slash Thrawn's like ship or um, I don't know 
place of dwelling. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what this place is, um, but very cool concept art. And then probably the best picture I've ever taken, Chopper. This wreaking havoc MF. I cannot no. wait. I what cannot... you can't see is all the blood he soaked in. <laughs> right. Um, I, I cannot wait to uh, uh, pull out the kill counter for Chopper in this series, just because I, I can't imagine what kind of havoc he's gonna, you know, he's gonna um, leash upon the galaxy. And then uh, here I have some pictures of Sokotano's lightsabers. Um, that the one in the foreground, a lot bigger in person than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I've I've seen her saber or like, like replicas of them, where like her main hand sword uh, is like heftier than you think it is, and yeah. her offhand shoto is like really boxy. It's more like actually like a like a real samurai sword type of you yeah know, hilt, um, and and so I, I'm really looking forward. So that was some of the pictures I took down at San Diego Comic Con, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know. Maybe getting Balin's skulls. Like I don't know if, which they should just sell them all. Like honestly, I don't know what they're waiting for. Um, okay, so I'm going to wrap that up, and then we're getting to the end of the episode here. Going to close out with some of the emails that we got, and this first one is a little bit lengthy, but that's okay. It's a great story, and uh, the first one here is from Lloydus Maximus Lloyd, um, and uh, I'm just going to jump to this part right here. Where he goes. I don't follow any other Star Wars podcast, or any other podcast for that matter. I only found you guys as I am a big fan of Kevin Smets' Loganverse KOTOR Machinima and started watching you guys at the start when early uploads were on Smash Shady Studios' channel. I think I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again, that I came to you guys because of Kevin, but I've stayed this long because of my love for all of you and the fun you guys always seem to have, and I enjoy the debates, the gags, and the bits like how Sean has never seen Kevin's movies or the pointing out of all the segues and bits. Love you guys. Never change. Now on to my actual story. Firstly, a little background on me. My name is Lloyd. I'm 31 and from England. My story on how I found Star Wars isn't a particularly long or interesting one, but it's certainly within the realms of being a potentially sweet story. I grew up living with my grandparents. My grandfather was a huge sci-fi fan. Growing up on TV, it was always various Star Trek series, Quantum Leap, Battlestar Galactica, Far Escape, Firefly, Twilight Zone, Doctor Who, etc. His VHS collection had Dune, Star Trek movies, E.T., Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic Park movies, Close Encounters, etc. His favorite of all was Star Wars, though. He'd tell me how going to the cinema to see the original on opening weekend was one of the most memorable and engaging moments of his entire life. He went to see... I'm sorry. He went to see it... Oh my gosh, let me see here. Uh, he went to see the original trilogy more times than he can count on each release. He was obsessed. So naturally, as I grew up and got to about six or seven years old, he'd already talked about them a lot and tried to get me to watch them, but my attention span as a child wasn't very developed. Then the announcement of the prequel trilogy happened, and it blew my granddad's mind. He finally got me to sit down and watch the original trilogy in its entirety. I was hooked. Going to school, quoting Yoda, Vader, Kenobi, annoying my friends with useless trivia, and half of them didn't even know what Star Wars, Star Wars was at the time. Opening weekend, my grandfather and I were right near the front of the queue to go see The Phantom Menace, and we both loved it. We must have seen it at least ten times before it was pulled from cinemas. 
Even the generation my grandfather was loved it all. He even quoted Jar Jar himself and and was a favorite of his in that movie, surprisingly. Mine too, Grant. Based. <laughs> Fucking based. <laughs> it was only as I got older that I became aware that people hated him and that movie. To this day, I still rate Phantom Menace very highly. Qui-Gon is probably my all-time favorite Jedi. Maul is probably my all-time favorite Sith. Not just because of that movie and their appearances and newer material now, but as a child that was very into his comic books, I read a lot of EU stories involving those two characters. I've loved Star Wars and all sci-fi ever since, and I have my grandfather to thank for it. It's been a huge comfort and huge part of my life. Unfortunately, my granddad was taken from me at 14 years old after being diagnosed with cancer. I've often wondered how he would have received the sequel trilogy and shows as I watched them. He always saw the good and wanted to enjoy his sci-fi. Rarely dwelled on inconsistencies or unrealistic isms. He loved it for what it was, and I try to do the same. You guys seem to have a similar approach. You may critique it here and there, as I do too. But at the core, you guys just enjoy it for what it is. Can't stand most people as they all can do is bitch and moan about what they wanted, what they would have done, and shit all over it. uh, As if it'll change anything. The last film I got to see with my grandfather was Revenge of the Sith, about a year before his passing. We both thought it was the best Star Wars movie ever. We saw it a ridiculous number of times and just enjoyed the frenetic pace, emotion, emotion, cheesiness, quotable lines, and nonstop action it offered. Hope this is satisfactory. It's kind of a story of how I fell in love with sci-fi in general and the impact of impact all sci-fi has had on my life throughout. But to be honest, Star Wars was the gateway for me and still is top of the pile for me, just edging out Star Trek. <laughs> I thought, it, I thought it was stupid and boring as a young kid watching the 60s Trek and stuff. As my love for Star Wars grew, my love of sci-fi as a whole grew as a result. I owe a lot to my grandfather and Star Wars. Star Trek as an adult has done a lot to, cha- has done a lot to shape my worldview and beliefs and has given me great comfort in times where I've become disillusioned by hum- humanity's direction. It's all thanks to Star Wars, though. If my grandfather had gotten me, hadn't gotten me into Star Wars, I, I may never have given other sci-fi a chance either. Sorry for the super long email, and I hope this was along the lines of what you wanted. I'll try to be more active on YouTube as no other means of getting involved in the community, and I hope you guys keep it up for many years. It always takes, always makes my day, and see when I see a new something from you guys posted on YouTube. Look forward to watching many more podcasts with you. Thanks for the great time, and take care, and may the Force be with you always. Yours sincerely, Lloyd. Well, Lloyd, you, Lloyd, I'm sorry that the episode your email got read on <laughs> is me instead of... <laughs> Every fucking buddy else on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, it just lined up that way. Um, Lloyd, thank you so much for, for that email. I enjoyed – I've read it about three times now, actually, uh, this being the third. And That is uh, really beautiful. I really that love is... the story. It's very great because uh, Tim Menace is, like, one of my favorites. It just holds that spot, I think, just just like for you. Top three. Uh, Top yeah, three. man. It's it's. I don't, I don't go that, that wild with it, but – it's up there. For, it's you know, I, you know, you know. It, it's you know, depends on the day of the week. Um, for sure. Uh, but Lloyd's also been really active on our channel and in our comments, and um, appreciate you uh, for sticking around and hanging out with us on a week to week basis. Uh, so thank you very much, Lloyd. Now our next email they get shorter from here on out <laughs> and i honestly, and i say that because I, I don't mind the length of the email honestly i thought it was great um just shows that you put a lot of thought and effort into exactly. it and i really appreciate that um okay so second to last email here we go uh from thomas hh and he goes this is 
my story, how I came to Star Wars. When Star Wars was released in the USA in May 1977, the only thing we knew about the film here in Germany was reports in newspapers and TV magazines and possibly TV. It would take until February 1978 before the film was released in our cinemas. A quality dubbing takes time. (laughs) And yet, I couldn't see it, nor could my older brother, because the film was released for children over 12, but we weren't old enough yet. So we took what we could get, a transfer of the radio play from LP to cassette and the sticker album, very popular in Germany, so we had the audiovisual experience, just not in moving pictures. That's wild. That's so um, fucking cool. It was to take until January 1981 when Empire was released in Germany that we finally got the chance to see the film. Because in the course of the second part, uh, some cinema operators reissued the 78 print. It was definitely not the re-release with the lettering episode for A New Hope. That's very cool. Um, We saw all three films several times because many years passed before television would show them. We didn't follow the expanded universe for some reason, so the first new Star Wars we got was first a special editions and finally in 1999, this time also in May, when The Phantom Menace came to theaters. The rest is history as they say. Greetings and may the Force be with you, Thomas. That is really wild that the first time you experienced Star Wars was just audio. (laughs) Like... Wild. Those radio plays are typically based on uh, like mid versions of the script. Like it'll be like, we haven't fully worked out the kinks yet and there's going to be shit in here. That's not going to be in the movie very much. How uh, like that hilarious deleted scene from uh, revenge of the Sith where uh, the clones are disguised as Jedi. Oh yes. And <laughs> Obi-Wan's carrying his like, Quasimodo baby Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. Uh, and they Yoda like stabs the clone that oh, looks man. at yeah. like that like that's in the novelization for Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Um as well as like Dooku begging for his life. So I can only imagine what like oddball shit is in the radio play for a new hope. That's that is nowhere to be found in And like movie. that's how you you listen to that and then you see Empire Strikes Back like that's how well I guess he also said that they re-released the original print. Yeah. So which is very cool that you saw the original print um a few years later. Um okay, one last email and this one comes from Sebastian Escalante. He says, "Hi scoundrels, my introduction to Star Wars came from my mom, who had been a fan of the trilogy since it came out. I remember when I saw Toy Story 2, and they parodied the iconic I Am Your Father moment. That is when that is when my mom first told me about Star Wars and showed me Empire Strikes Back. A few years later, for a friend's birthday party, we went to see Episode 3, and shortly after, I bought my first lightsaber, and that is when my fandom was cemented. I have since then watched all the movies multiple times, I love sharing Star Wars with my mom since I would not be a fan if not for her, and now I am the one showing her the new Star Wars projects. Regards, Sebastian Escalante. That's very sweet. Can I tell a story that's like in the same vein as that? Absolutely. So when I was a kid, when I was a wee lade, um, my mom got us tickets. Front fucking row tickets to Toy Story 2 on ice. Okay. <laughs> uh, which was incredible. You know, um, I 
but I like as a kid, like you know, like I had this, this like goofy ass Buzz Lightyear sweater on, and like every time like Buzz skated past me, he was like, hey. uh, <laughs> but they took the whole story, Toy Story two parodies Empire Strikes Back thing up a notch oh, yeah? for the ice show where the fight between Buzz and Zerg is a lightsaber duel. No way. And they play, like, for legal reasons, a song that was not Duel of the Fates. <laughs> like, it felt very Duel of the Fates-y. Okay. Uh, at least to, to, to me as a child who was, like, obsessed with, like, the Phantom Menace and Toy Story. Yeah. Um, equally. So, like, it's just Buzz and Zerg just... Um, that's amazing and I, I i and i was already like mind blown that whole day like like al like sat in my like al from al's toy barn like sat in my mom's lap in this like crowd work section of the thing it was wonderful and i was having the time of my life as a very very small child and then just when i thought this shit couldn't be cooler buzz lightyear took out a lightsaber and dueled zerg and yeah that's, that, that's you, really that, cool that that yeah, uh, the, the the you bringing that up made my heart very happy. It took me right <laughs> back to that, um, but memory that I don't think I fully remember, but have heard the story told yeah. so many times that I kind of do. That's fun. That's fun. Um, Sebastian Escalante, uh, thank you for sending that email. I enjoyed the story and, or your 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 origin story of Star Wars. I'm I'm flabbergasted that your first introduction was the I am your father, uh, and then your mom doesn't even show you the first one. She gives you. Right to the middle of the of the yeah. story, throws you right into the fire, man. Um, but hey, you're a Star Wars fan ever since. Uh, you got your lightsaber and all that. Um, uh, and thank you for uh, tuning in and sending that email. I really enjoyed your story. Um, and and also, you know what? I don't. I just don't want it to end here. If you have, if you're so inclined to email us um, your story of how you found Star Wars, uh, you can do that as well. You can send it to our email address uh, at scoundrels4.inc at gmail.com uh, and just title it, you know, How I Found Star Wars and uh, we'll read it on a future show. I really enjoyed reading these um, because uh, fun fact about my week this week, uh, I lost uh, all my information on a hard drive, including all the stuff I used to build this show out, the graphics and all that, so I had to rebuild everything. Um, and so I lost all that data. I was really... I think it's lost. It's like 99%. But you had that fucking clip of me. (laughs) Well, luckily that's on YouTube forever. Uh, So So I was able to read. You almost got a real spit take there, Frank. You almost got an honest to God spit take. Um, So I was able to read download that. But then on top of that, the next day, uh, I got a flat tire on the way to work. and, And it's right while I'm pulling into the employee garage. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! And I gotta like make the bus to get out the employee bus so I can go clock in on time so I'm not late. And plus, there's like, there's nothing I can do about at this point. So I'm like, it's just gonna have to sit in the parking lot with a flat tire for the duration of my shift. And you know, I was fuming over losing my dad on the hard drive and this situation out with my tire. And for some reason, I had waited to read these emails because um, they didn't all come in on the on the same day, obviously, but. Um, I was sitting in the breaker, and I'm like, let me read these emails. And let me tell you, reading these emails really brightened my day, just to hear these stories. 
because uh, they're so pure and so genuine and uplifting. Um, it really helped me out that day, honestly, to get me out of a funk. So thank you guys. And for some reason, the universe was saying, wait, 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 because we're going to test you and you're going to need these emails. So thank you to those, you three, uh, Lloyd, Sebastian, and um, uh, Thomas HH for sending in your emails. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and it, again, if anyone else wants to send us your story, we will definitely read it on a future episode. Um, I really enjoy hearing these stories. And if you want to hear my story and everybody else's story about how they got into Star Wars, you can go to our Skywalker Saga series and start with A New Hope, and we all talk about how we got into Star Wars there. So uh, if you want to hear how we got into Star Wars, go check out that video. Probably put in the card right here and in the description as well. So there's that. Now we have just two questions to get through, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. And... Our Discord, my Discord, our Discord has uh, one question from Erdon 2.5, and it's kind of like a comment, more or less. And so I want to get your thoughts on this, Jared, actually. Uh, it starts off with, did you know the Inquisitor in the Ahsoka series is named Merrick? According to StarWars.com, Merrick was an Inquisitor who served the Empire. However, he became a mercenary, and Morgan Elsbeth hired him. This informs us that this Inquisitor of Ahsoka is not Ezra. I think people were talking about that. Um, I really well, hope it's not. Of course they were. There's a character who's important to the show, and this guy has a mask. So yeah. Therefore, <laughs> exactly. By the transient only... <laughs> property of Star Wars. <laughs> right. Um, he goes on to say, I really hope it's not Barris Offy because it wouldn't suit her character. I heard about this theory as well, um, and I agree. People are saying that Offy would want revenge against Ahsoka. However, that is against her character. She wouldn't want revenge against Ahsoka because. That would be everything she would be against because she saw the Republic as corrupt and Varys Afi was against everything that happened in the Republic and the Empire would prove her right. So she wouldn't be an Inquisitor. Also, Merrick seems to have a masculine build. So, yeah, couldn't be Varys Afi. Um, yeah, I saw the Azure theory, this Varys Afi theory. And, um, yeah, I, I just – and actually now I've seen the, the Eighth Brother theory. I don't know if you've seen that one, Jared, uh, about Merrick. Um, I saw that floating around. I, like, I eh. mean, it could be a, sure. It could be a brother. I don't know. Um, That's the only one I'm willing to entertain. Other than that, it's probably a new person. You know. Yeah, I I I, I prefer it being a new person. Yeah. You know, I the more listen, the more people who were inquisitors, the more room there is to add inquisitors. Sure. And I like the inquisitors as a character archetype a lot. It's my favorite thing about the new canon. I think. Yeah. Like in terms of like concepts and things that were introduced, I love the Inquisitorious. So yeah, no, keep it keep it an original character. And again, the more the thing that I think is very funny about Merrick, uh, spoilers okay. for Ionized Bastards, a Star Wars uh, R uh, RPG real play show that I'm in on the All Remaining Systems YouTube channel. Uh, the big twist for my character is that. Everything you just read. Oh, um, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Fabian Martell was an ex Inquisitor who, after kind of faking his death, uh, becomes an assassin and, uh, okay, like assassin mercenary type, fun, uh, who ends up becoming like a gladiator on this uh space station, oh, uh, cool, at the cool. beginning of the story. And I was, I've, I was laughing that every character profile we got for this show is oh so that's fabin um 
for Merrick, and then it, with Balin, it was like ex Jedi turned mercenary, oh and I was like, huh. <laughs> and Ionized Bastards takes place like three years oh, before the gosh. season one of The Mandalorian. So oh like, gosh. you just have Balin Skull, Merrick, and Fabian Martell just all nice. circling each other, just with the same exact fucking origin story. <laughs> That's great. I know. I, I my only hope is that anybody who finds Ionized Bastards after Ahsoka, they notice the date and <laughs> for the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to make abundantly clear, I did this before all of you. Fuckers. Wait a minute, they're, they're ripping off Ahsoka. One star review. You know? Fabin came first. <laughs> Fabin came first. Hashtag, Hashtag Fabin came <laughs> first. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, before you get all worked up, uh, one last oh. question before uh, we, we get on out of here, and that comes from Lloydus Maximus. Lloyd, thank you again for submitting a question. And his question here is, this is a good one, uh, Jared. What are your top three badass Ahsoka moments across all the series so far? Top three, three moments that are just peak Ahsoka that you're like, damn, that's legit. Okay. Because um, obviously, I think her her duel with Maul is just yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Her fight there. with Maul. Not only her fight with Maul, it is the fact that like she, it is how well she contends with him mm-hmm. and uh, puts him on his back foot. Um, her standing unequivocally against Vader. Oh. Yeah, in uh, Twilight of the Apprentice. Yeah, totally, man. That, That's whew. the the way that she feels that you can tell she feels not an ounce. I am of no fear. Jedi line right there. I am no Jedi. Like she's whew, stone cold. Stone cold. Um, and like I I don't know what specific moment of the Jedi I want to pick. I was gonna tell you her initial intro in the forest. That's that's that up me, there. To me, that's just like, damn, because that's a little like all that is so eerily, um, playing, you know, taking influence from like Princess Mononoke, and it's just like it's got this feel, you know, to it, and it's just like that's why I dig it a lot. Um, There's that. I yeah. also do really love her duel with Morgan Elsbeth, though. Oh like, yeah, it's just like the robes come off, and she's like, all right, like it is. You know, you 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 have fucked around and have now reached the terminal velocity of finding out. <laughs> and you know, it's the way she pieces up Morgan Elsbeth. So I'll probably say her fight with Morgan Elsbeth, um, just her 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 bravery in the face of Darth Vader, and uh, specifically when she starts talking shit at Maul. Oh yeah, I mean her. her stuff You're lucky Maul. Anakin isn't here. Oh yeah, he he had beaten you by now. <laughs> Which, oof, I don't know about all that, but oof, still oh, no, a great I moment. think so. I, I think I think you look if Ahsoka can handle Maul. You don't think Anakin would? I think it's circumstantial. I think it's circumstantial. I think Anakin has a bad habit of kind of following his opponent wherever they go, and Darth Maul has a very well developed talent for kind of stage managing his opponent. Um, it's actually, it's funny. The first episode of our Patreon versus series was Anakin Skywalker versus Darth Maul. And we decided to do that, uh, like weeks 
before like the big twist was okay. that Maul wanted to was Maul's plan was to lure Anakin oh. out. And so like we we kind of had the fun of like okay so let's build this from the ground up. And I think given the right setting uh and Maul being able to get into Anakin's head, I think I do think Maul would piece Anakin up. Mm. Um but I'll, if it, I'll say this, I think the Anakin that fought Obi-Wan I think Darth Maul could take that Anakin because I think Anakin's a little too out of control. Yeah. Um, but I think light side Anakin who took on Dooku could take Maul. I think so. The, the A lot of the time, whenever we use Anakin in our versus series, we talk about how he has this weird shot clock that you need to time perfectly <laughs> because, because, because Anakin, like he's a capable fighter, but like the longer that fight goes on for like, the more and more aggressive he's going to get because mm. he just can't nail you down yet. And there's this sweet spot of aggression where he is just fully on one and firing on all cylinders. And if he gets to that spot and he hasn't beaten you yet, it starts to then get a little too out of control and he starts to get sloppy. He starts to get, you know, just way too just tunnel visioned. And that's the, and those are the moments where, He's beaten by Dooku consistently. Obi-Wan nearly kills him. Ventress pieces him up. Like those are the moments where mm, his whole yeah. where where you have this incredible martial artist who starts to fall apart at the seams because he's just getting sloppy and angry and is just foaming at the mouth because now he just wants the kill. Um and I think that and a lot of that I think is that Maul would create a situation where Anakin does start to get sloppy. Okay. But that's just my take. Okay. Uh, all right, so you got so your three baddest moments you have versus Maul, mm-hmm. you have versus uh, Vader, uh-huh. and you have what's your third one? What was it? Morgan Elsbeth. Oh, Morgan Elsbeth. Okay, mine would be Maul as well. Um, the opening of the Jedi, her in the forest, and my third, and my third one is going to be. <sighs> Well, I'm going to give you two more, actually. I'm going to give you her, her surviving Order 66. Um, that's insane. She's on the on the hollow table, right? Just oh, yeah. Off, like, all of, like, incredible. The big tales of the Jedi tie-in yeah, which moment is where she does great. that exact, yeah. Yeah. Or, or when she's um, escaping Coruscant, uh, when she's, like, wanted for... For crimes, uh, you know. Oh, that she, chase is the so chase good. Is phenomenal, it's phenomenal. Um, I can't tie between the two, so they're they're gonna tie. I, I, it might be the chase. It might be the chase just because it's a little bit longer of a moment. Uh, the Order sixty six one is. It hits so much harder with Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, but on its own, I think the chase might nearly edge it out. So those are gonna those are my three moments. Um, I would love to know everybody else's three moments because yes. you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, okay. That's it. We've come to the end of the episode next week. We will be talking about the season premiere, episodes one and two. I say the two-part series Ahsoka premiere. series premiere, two parts. That's at least, you know, 
40 minutes of of television the way they have episode lengths these days. I think we know the length, <laughs> so it's probably going to be like an hour and a half in yeah, total. Which I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm being facetious when I say that, but yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah. Either way, we're going to have a great review discussion of that. Uh, and then also next week, we will announce who won our giveaway, who's going to uh, receive a brand new Black Series Ahsoka figure, whether the Mando version or the Rebels version. Um, and by the way, the last, the deadline to get in your final comments and emails is, uh, August 21st, 12 PM Pacific time, or I guess 1159 PM Pacific time on August 21st. That's the last time. Anything after that on, on the episodes will not count. So get your comments, reply to your other fellow Star Wars fans in those comment sections, send us an email about how you found Star Wars. We will count that. Um, and then also read that on a future show. So, uh, with all that said, remember to subscribe to our channel, hit like, leave those comments. And until next week, we will see you next week. Scoundrel. Scoundrel. I like the sound of that.